All right, I got bored waiting. You know the rest. Uh, today, <laughs> I didn't really get bored of my own intro, but I was listening to a podcast that, okay, so uh, there are a couple couple writers like Chuck Klosterman and Chuck Palahniuk who uh, do podcast interviews whenever they have a new book come out, right? And uh, so I'll, I'll listen to just, you know, shows I would never otherwise listen to, but because they're the guests. So I was listening to one that Chuck Klosterman was on, and uh, it had an intro that probably lasted 10 seconds at the most. And I just was like, oh, fuck it. And I tried to fast forward, and then I was way too far forward and didn't even go back because I was just like, "What? consider the risk of having to listen to that shit again. And was like, I can't handle it, I guess. <laughs> So anyway, I got I I was tired after doing that and therefore was like no, I'm not doing it here either. Ah, uh, let's see. Let's get to the meat. Or the uh the shredded jackfruit, which I ate in tacos one time and was reasonable uh facsimile. Time travel travel <laughs> Time travel claims and urban legends. Every once in a while, don't we all come across like a subreddit or a Wikipedia or something that we're like, okay, I, I need to know more about this. Um, there's a Wikipedia page on time travel claims and urban legends, which isn't as long as I thought it would be, to be honest. I would, I would have thought there'd be more claims than this, but uh, here we are. Uh, here, here's how it starts. There have been various accounts of persons who allegedly traveled through time, reported by the press, or circulated on the internet. These reports have turned out either to be hoaxes or to be based on incorrect assumptions, incomplete information, or interpretation of fiction as fact, many being now recognized as urban legends. Uh, so, let's just take a look at these, shall we? Um, it starts off with alleged time travelers. First, we've got, I'm assuming these are in some kind of chronological order, which is sort of hilarious because, uh, you know, it's time. Charlotte Ann Moberly and Eleanor Jourdain. Uh, the Moberly Jourdain incident or the ghosts refers to claims of time travel and hauntings. Hmm. Doubled up here. Made by Charlotte Ann Moberly and Eleanor Jourdain. In 1911, Moberly and Jourdain published a book entitled An Adventure under the names of Elizabeth Morrison and Francis Lamont. Their book describes a visit they made to the Petit Trianon, a small chateau on the grounds of the Palace of Versailles. Excuse me, Versailles where they claimed they saw ghosts including Marie Antoinette and others. Their story caused a sensation and was subject to much ridicule. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that's funny to me, um, but there's something to me that's very amusing about imagining somebody putting out this time travel ghost book and everybody is like, this is fucking stupid. Like back then, and they're just like, oh, you stop. This is really stupid. Subject to much ridicule. 
there's actually an entire page just on this incident. Should I look and see if there's a little bit more of any interest? The claims. They recounted that they had decided to visit the Palace of Versailles as part of several trips around Paris, detailing how on August 10th, 1901, they traveled by train to Versailles. They remembered not thinking much of the palace after touring it, so they said they decided to walk through the gardens to the Petit Trinon, but after reaching the Grand Trinon, found it was closed to the public. <laughs> they went to the palace and they're like, eh, not impressed. <clears throat> they recollected traveling with a Bedecker guidebook, but said they became lost after missing the turn for the main avenue. Uh, and entered a lane where they bypassed their destination. Moberly reported that she noticed a woman shaking a white cloth out of a window, while Jordan recalled noticing an old deserted farmhouse outside of which was an old plow. Okay, what's funny about this is I'm thinking about, you know, there's a woman waving a cloth out the window and an old plow, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm picturing an old plow, which would look like a plow from that time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? At this point, they described a feeling of oppression and dreariness coming over them, after which men who they thought looked like palace gardeners told them to go straight on. Moberly described the men as very dignified officials dressed in long grayish green coats with small three-cornered hats. Jordan recalled that she noticed a cottage with a woman holding out a jug to a girl in the doorway, describing it as a tableau vivant, a living picture much like Madame Tussaud's waxworks. Moberly did not observe the college, but remembered that she felt the atmosphere change. She wrote, Everything suddenly looked unnatural, therefore unpleasant. Even the trees seemed to become flat and lifeless like wood worked in a tapestry. There were no effects of light and shade, and no wind stirred the trees. I like how they had this supernatural experience together, but they're not even agreeing on the details of it. They, it's like they had two separate supernatural experiences that happened. You know, one was happening on the left side of the street, one on the right. They reported reaching the edge of a wood, coming across a man sitting in a kiosk, wearing a cloak and large shady hat. According to Moberly, his appearance was most repulsive, its expression odious. His complexion was dark and rough. Jordan noted, the man slowly turned his face, which was marked by smallpox. His complexion was very dark. The expression was evil and yet unseeing. And though I did not feel that he was looking particularly at us, I felt a repugnance going past him. We saw an ugly guy. <laughs> Woo Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. The time we saw an uggo. Wouldn't it be weird to read something like this, though, and you're looking at the article, and then they start describing a ghost, and it's you exactly? It's like, oh my god, they saw a ghost, and the ghost was me, for sure. You know, they're like, he was wearing a grandpa sweater from Duluth Trading. Uh, Moberly said she noticed a lady sketching on the grass. Uh, blah, blah. Her aftermath. Uh, according to both, neither woman mentioned the incident to one another until a week after leaving, when Moberly, in a letter to her sister about the trip, started writing about the afternoon incident. 
She reportedly asked Jordane if she thought the Petit Trinon was haunted, and Jordane told her that she thought it was. Three months later, the pair said they compared their notes and decided to write separate accounts while also researching the history of the area. Uh, okay. They're convinced they are haunted. They published in this book. Uh, it caused a sensation. However, many critics did not take it seriously on the grounds of the implausibilities and incons- inconsistencies that it contained. A review of the book by Eleanor Mildred Sidgwick in the Proceedings of the Society for, Phys- Psych- for Psychical Research suggested that the women had misinterpreted normal events that they had experienced. <laughs> I do like when people come across something like this, like this book, and then serious effort is made to debunk something. This is what I find interesting, is because it's like, well, do we? how serious of an effort do we have to make to debunk ghosts? Or is it like, is it maybe more on the people who want to claim there's a ghost? Maybe they need to, like, make, make that work. You know what I mean? Seems a little weird to me. Uh, explanations and critiques. A non-supernatural explanation was proposed by Philippe Julien in his 1965 biography of the aristocratic, decadent French poet, some guy, At the time of Moberly and Jourdain's excursion to Versailles, the poet lived nearby and reportedly gave parties on the grounds where his friends dressed in period costume and performed tableau vivants as part of the party's entertainments. What? The pair may have inadvertently gatecrashed a gay fancy dress party that they confused for a haunting. Well, there you go. Uh, The Marie Antoinette figure could have been a society lady or a cross-dresser. The parked man could have been the poet. Pockmarked man could have been the poet himself. Um, all right. Well, that seems like a pretty good explanation. But, you know, at the same time, I'm like, is that less weird? That's pretty weird also that someone was doing that. It's, it, yeah, it is less weird than time travel. Let's be honest. Well, so there you go. There's a time-traveling ghosts is what they think they saw. But really, when you're like, well, we saw people who are dressed funny and neither of the two of us saw the same thing, it's like, eh, whatever. This kind of seems like maybe an old-timey, like, you know, couple of, couple of moms who like to have a glass of wine and they're like, you know what would be funny? Is let's claim we saw ghosts. And maybe they whipped each other up into really believing some ghosts. Chaplin's Time Traveler is the next one. In October 2010, Northern Irish filmmaker George Clark uploaded a video clip entitled Chaplin's Time Traveler to YouTube. The clip analyzes bonus material in a DVD of the Charlie Chaplin film The Circus. Included in the DVD is footage from the film's Los Angeles premiere at Grumman's Chinese Theater in 1928. What exactly makes that theater Chinese? At one point, a woman is seen walking by, holding up an object to her ear. Clark said that on closer examination, she was talking into a thin black device that appeared to be a phone. Clark concluded that the woman was possibly a time traveler. The clip received millions of hits and was the subject of televised news stories. (laughs) 
Nicholas Jackson, associate editor for The Atlantic, says the most likely answer is that she was using a portable hearing aid, a technology that was just being developed at the time. Philip Skroska, an archivist at the Bernard Beckard Medical Library of Washington University in St. Louis. Why is that such a... We need to know that much about that guy. Thought that the woman might have been holding a rectangular ear trumpet. Sure. Why not? New York Daily News writer Michael Sheridan said the device was probably an early hearing aid, perhaps an acousticon. Um, yeah, I mean, this one's pretty dumb because it's like someone's holding a black rectangle up to their, her ear. And it's like, that's a time traveler. So how exactly does a phone, a time phone work? Like in, the, in that time, there would be no satellite for it to connect to. There would be no tower for it to connect. So how, how does that work? I mean, I guess if we're presuming that someone traveled through time, that we could also presume that it's possible to use a phone that travels through time. But who the fuck do you need to talk to on your time track? Like you're just walking around chatting on the phone. You just traveled through time. This is like 10 times worse than, I don't know, you're at the boat on, at Niagara Falls. You're like in the falls and you're just chatting with somebody. And it's like you traveled through time to go see something, presumably, right? And you're just like, oh, I'm talking to my friend. Yeah, maybe we'll start a ghost hunting show. Whatever. Present day hipster at 1941 Bridge opening. <laughs> a photograph from 1941 of genuine authenticity of the reopening of the South Fork Bridge in Goldbridge, British Columbia was alleged to show a time traveler. It was claimed that his clothing and sunglasses were of the present day and not of the styles worn in the 40s. Further research suggested that the present day appearance of the man may not have been so new. The style of sunglasses first appeared in the 1920s. On first glance, the man is taken by many to be wearing a printed t-shirt, but on closer inspection it seems to be a sweater with a sewn-on emblem the kind of clothing often worn by sports teams of the period. The shirt is very similar to the one that was used by the Montreal Maroons, an, <laughs> an ice hockey team from that era. Ah, yeah, Maroon. The remainder of his clothing would appear to have been available at the time, though his clothes are far more casual than those by worn by other individuals in the photograph. Debate centers on whether the image genuinely shows a time traveler has been photoshopped or simply being mistaken as anachronistic. The time-traveling hipster became a case study in viral internet phenomena in museums, which was presented at the Museums in the Web 2011 conference in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh my god. Some people have a lot of time, I guess. They're like, is this guy a hipster from the past? Uh, he looks like he's wearing fucking steampunk goggles. Who fucking cares? He's a little underdressed. Aha! Well, the best explanation for that is time travel. Duh. What are people going to think? They're going to see hipsters from now in pictures and be like, well, he must have time traveled from the 1920s. Because why else would somebody dress like that? Mobile device in 1943. A photograph from 1943 of genuine authenticity showing a scene of holiday makers on Towan Beach in New Quay, Cornwall, was uploaded to Twitter in November 2018 
by multimedia artist Stuart Humphreys, which was alleged by some viewers to show a time travel operating an anachronistic mobile device such as a phone. This tweet was picked up by news outlets including Fox News in the U.S. and various tadboyed newspapers in the U.K. Fueled by media websites such as Lad Bible, <laughs> it gained global coverage via news outlets in Russia, Iran, Iran, Taiwan, Hungary, China, and Vietnam, amongst others. Humphreys, the original uploader, was quoted in these stories as dismissing the time travel theories, stating that the man in question was probably just rolling a cigarette. <laughs> it's just like, it, to me, I'm starting to see a pattern here, which is like, is everything, is the proof of time travel, the best proof we're going to find is somebody has a phone. We're so fucking obsessed with phones that we're like, you know what? That's how it's going to blow it, which is probably true because, you know, you can't go through any public event at this point without a phone going off because everyone's just like, I'm the most important person on the planet uh, and I need my phone to ring through at all times. I couldn't put it on silent. What if I missed it? So I guess I guess in that way, it is probably true. Rudolph Fence, that's F-E-N-T-Z, not like a, a gate that's meant to keep that reindeer in. The story of Rudolph Fence is an urban legend from the early 1950s and has been repeated since as a reproduction of facts and presented as evidence for the existence of time travel. The essence of the legend is that in New York City in 1951, a man wearing 19th century clothes was hit by a car. Okay, the subsequent investigation revealed that the man had disappeared without a trace in 1876. The items in his possession suggested that the man had traveled through time from 1876 to 1951 directly. The folklorist Chris Aubeck investigated the story and found it originated in a science fiction book of the 1950s, A Voice from the Gallery by Ralph M. Holland, which had copied the tale from I'm Scared, a short story by Jack Finney, from which the fence tale originated. Not a great title. I'm scared. <laughs> okay, this gives me a great idea, though. Somebody who's on their way out from, like, a disease or something. Um, use, use your money, if you've got any, to, like, wipe yourself from existence, right? Then, make sure when you die, you die by getting hit by a bus or, like, falling from the sky or something, right? And then what you do <laughs> is you dress in old-timey clothes. You have, like, old-timey pennies. You just have... Everything is old-timey. Nothing new. Nothing that was manufactured before, like, the 1920s. And then everyone will find this mysterious time travel body. And uh, you'll have made the world more interesting. Even if they figure out that you shouldn't have done it. Uh, or that, you know, you did it on purpose. It's still... You know, the question will remain of, like, why would somebody do that? John Titor. Between 2000 and 2001, an online bulletin board user self-identified as John Titor became popular as he claims to be a time traveler from 2036 on a military mission. Holding the many worlds interpretation is correct and consequently every time travel paradox is impossible, he stated that many events which occurred up to his time would indeed occur in this life timeline. These included a devastating civil war in the U.S. in 2008, 
followed by a short nuclear World War III in 2015, which will kill 3 billion people. Uh, well, a devastating civil war and a, you know, pretty quick nuclear war. <laughs> I would think nuclear wars would be pretty fast. In the years following his last posts and disappearances in, or his disappearance in 2001, the non-fulfillment of his specific predictions made his popularity decrease. Criticism has pointed out flaws in Titer's stories, and investigations suggested his character may be a hoax and a creation of two siblings from Florida. The story has been retold on numerous websites in a book, in the Japanese visual novel anime Stein's Gate, and in a play. He may have also been discussed occasionally on the radio show Coast to Coast AM. In this respect, the Titer's story may be unique in terms of broad appeal from an originally limited medium and internet discussion board. So, but this was between 2000 and 2001. So I guess this was before it was conceivable that uh, somebody would just make up a bunch of bullshit. And then you're like, well, this is going to happen in 2008 and 2015. And then it's like, well, I've got seven years. You can't, you couldn't come up with a single event that's going to happen sooner than that. I mean, if I time traveled back to 1995, what could I tell people? I don't know. I'd, I'd have to get, I'd have to get back in the, uh, the swing of it, but be like, all right, when, when was that Oklahoma city thing? Bill Clinton, he had sex with that woman. Um, you know, oh, there's going to be a black president. Oh my God. There's, you know, all, uh, September 11th, maybe everybody, maybe Americans just quietly. Let's just all stay home that day. Let's just not tell anyone. <laughs> I'm just saying, I could rattle off a bunch of things. You know, this Britney Spears is coming. Just watch. Bob White, Tim Jones. Similar to John Titer, Bob White or Tim Jones sent an unknown number of spam emails onto the internet. Sent spam emails onto the internet. Who do you even send those to? Internet at internet.com? The subject of the emails was always the same that an individual was seeking to find someone who could supply a, quote, dimensional warp generator. In some instances, he claimed to be a time traveler stuck in 2003, and in others, he claimed to be seeking the parts only from other time travelers. Several recipients began to respond in kind, claiming to have equipment such as the required dimensional warp generator. One recipient, Dave Hill, set up an online shop from which the time traveler purchased the warp generator uh, formerly a hard drive motor, while another Dave charged thousands of dollars for time travel courses before he would sell the requested <laughs> time travel courses. That's fucking awesome. I wonder if that's Dave Hill as in like the Dave Hill. He does a podcast, I think, right? Uh, the name. <laughs> I like. I like when the internet re responds in a, an unexpected way, which is like, this person's asking for a warp, a dimensional warp generator, and maybe instead of being mad or hitting delete, I'm just going to be like, yeah, I got one of those. <laughs> the name Bob White was taken from an alias that the second Dave used when responding. Uh, soon afterward, the time traveler was identified as professional spammer Robert J. Todino. Todino's attempt to travel in time where a serious belief 
And while he believed he was perfectly mentally stable, his father was concerned that those replying to his emails had been preying on Tadino's psychological problems. <laughs> I, it, you know, I think you, I think you're going to have a hard time proving you're perfectly mentally stable. Even you're going to have to be somebody who is just so fucking straight laced other than this one crazy thing, which is that you believe you can travel in time and you're like, I believe it's possible. And other than that, I'm so sane as to be completely uninteresting. In his book, Spam Kings, journalist Brian S. McWilliams, who had originally uncovered Tadino's identity revealed that Tadino had been previously diagnosed with dissociative disorder and schizophrenia, explaining the psychological problems of which his father had spoken. Tadino's time traveler was referenced in the song Rewind. Oh, I don't care about this. Um, Michael McIntosh. Michael McIntosh believes he has seen a future timeline where he is the U.S. Commander-in-Chief. Revealing the bizarre news in a video, the time traveler claimed he has been to Mars at the age of five what? and has numerous psychic abilities. The supposed time traveler worked alongside former U.S. President Barack Obama on a top-secret time travel operation. Speaking to paranormal investigators from YouTube channel Apex TV, sounds legit, McIntosh said the mission gave him access to technology dubbed Chronovision. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, chronovision. So he's got powers. Uh, uh, numerous psychic abilities. What psychic abilities do you have, Mike? Numerous. Okay. Well, I guess that settles that then. Andrew Carissian Carlson. Andrew Carissian. Andrew Carlson was supposedly arrested in March 2003 for SEC violations for making 126 high-risk stock trades and being successful on every one. As reported, Carlson started off with an initial investment of $800 and ended with over $350 million, which drew the attention of the SEC. <laughs> Seems reasonable. <laughs> Later reports suggested that after his arrest, he submitted a four-hour confession wherein he claimed to be a time traveler from 200 years in the future. He offered to tell investigators such things as the whereabouts of Osama bin Laden and the cure for AIDS in return for a lesser punishment and to be allowed to return to his time craft, although he refused to tell investigators the location or workings of his craft. A mysterious man, well, duh, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that. A mysterious man posted his bail, and Carlson was scheduled for court hearing but was never seen again. Records show that he never existed. Well, that's pretty great. Uh, the Carlson story likely originated as a fictional piece in Weekly World News, a satirical newspaper, and was later repeated by Yahoo News, where its fictitious nature became less apparent. That's a, that's a good way of saying, Yahoo got tricked by Weekly World News. <laughs> Uh, that's generous. It was soon reported by other newspapers and magazines as fact. This in turn drove word of mouth spread through email inboxes and internet forums, leading to far more detailed descriptions of events. Okay, first of all, uh, you know, you get arrested for this, but like, unless they can prove you did something wrong, does, 
Does time traveling and buying stocks count as insider trading? You know what I mean? Is there is there any law against uh, manipulation of time in order to, you know, get three hundred and fifty million dollars? <laughs> Um, I also like to, okay, here, this is, this has an easy, easy solution. If I'm the arresting officer, I say, all right, Andy, you mind if I call you Andy? Here's what we're going to do. I got 800 bucks. We're going to throw it on some stocks. Uh, if you make me 350 million, then I'll know that your time travel claims are probably true. Um, if I don't, then I'll have my doubts. Then we're gonna we're gonna have to do something. This is win-win for me, because either I debunk the thing and make the bust, or I make $350 million. Uh, I know which one I'm pulling for. Hakan Nordqvist? A video uploaded in 2006 shows a Swedish man named Hakan Nordqvist claiming that he had been accidentally transported to 2046 when attempting to fix the sink in his kitchen. <laughs> sure. Yeah, he turned one of the one of the water shutoff valves a little too far and boom, you're in 2046. We've all been there. There in the future, he immediately met someone who revealed and proved to be himself about 70 years old and with whom he had a great time, quote. He filmed a short footage of the two smiling and hugging each other and showing the tattoo they both had on their right arms. The story was a marketing campaign promoting the pension plans of the insurance company AMF. <laughs> uh, that's a great... Uh, AMF, good job. That's a hilarious campaign. <laughs> I just... I like that it's like... They stole the uh, the plot of the Super Mario movie. You know, the plumbers. And uh, due to a plumbing accident, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, you're transported to the Mushroom Kingdom. These guys are like, what, <laughs> what if you travel in time? Hmm. Well, iPhone and an 1860 painting. Some online viewers claim that an 1860 painting by Austrian artist Ferdinand Georg Waldmüller titled The Expected One, allegedly depicted a woman holding and staring down at an iPhone while strolling along a path in the countryside. However, art experts debunked these claims and stated the alleged iPhone the woman was holding was actually a prayer book. <laughs> oh, the way she's walking, it's like the way people are staring at a, an iPhone. Um, I guess, you know, one, one could make a lot of uh, interesting... No, not it. Stupid, lazy claims about who the iPhone is the Bible of today. Um, here's a quick thing about time travel technology. Die Glocke, uh, or the bell, is a purported Nazi time machine that was supposedly part of a flying saucer. Uh, <laughs> what? Why is a time machine on a flying saucer? Why are you putting... That is putting a lot of eggs in one basket, sir. Hitler. Um, there, you know, there's a lot of weird Nazi... Here, uh, there are two things that are weird about Nazi conspiracies. One is um, they already did a bunch of weird shit that we know for sure they did. 
So that's kind of that's kind of like why are we trying to say they also had a time machine? Um, but two, like if if they had a time machine or like a flying saucer or something, like wouldn't we know by now? Wouldn't a time machine built in the night or a, a flying saucer built in the 1940s have been discovered by now somehow? The chronovisor is the name given to a machine that was said to be capable of viewing past and future events. Its, its existence was alleged by Father Francois Brun, author of several books on paranormal phenomena and religion. In his 2002 book, The Vatican's New Mystery, he claimed that the device had been built by the Italian priest and scientist Father Pellegrino Maria Ernetti. While Father Ernetti was a real person, the existence, much less the functionality, of the chronovisor has never been confirmed. I mean, if they had that chronovisor, couldn't they have seen all this Catholic priest shit coming? Maybe <laughs> that one off at the pass? Just a thought. Iranian time machine. In April 2013, the Iranian news agency Fars carried a story claiming a 27-year-old Iranian scientist had invented a time machine that allowed people to see into the future. A few days later, the story was removed and replaced with a story quoting an Iranian government official that no such device had been registered. <laughs> That's the way you do it, though. You just... Okay, when you misreport some crazy shit, like the Iranian time machine, and then you're like, oh, fuck, this isn't... Turns out this is not real. Can you believe it? Then what you gotta do is exactly what they did which is have a real sketchy, thrown-together-looking cover-up. So then it's like, oh, the government was real invested in making us think there was no time machine. Interesting, dot, dot, dot. Philadelphia Experiment and Montauk Project uh, The Philadelphia Experiment is the name given to a naval military experiment which supposedly carried out, blah, 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 in 1943. It is alleged that the U.S. Navy destroyer escort USS Eldridge was to be rendered invisible to enemy devices. The experiment is also referred to as Project Rainbow. <laughs> Some reports allege that the warship traveled back in time for about 10 seconds. However, popular culture has represented far bigger time jumps. The story is widely regarded as a hoax. The U.S. Navy maintains that no such experiment occurred, and details of the story contradict well-established facts about the Eldridge, as well as the known laws of physics. If you're, like, presenting the case against this, and you're like, well, I've got two things in my pocket. The well-known laws of physics that we all experience at every moment of our lives, and we have records that the Eldridge didn't do that. Which one of those are you going to start with? The Montauk Project was a cookie named after it. Pepperidge Farm. Was alleged to be a series of secret United States government projects conducted at Camp Hero or Montauk Air Force Station on Montauk, Long Island for the purpose of exotic research including time travel. Jacques Vallée describes allegations of the Montauk Project as an outgrowth of stories about the Philadelphia Experiment. Well, that's unfortunate. Well, I, you know, I, is making a boat invisible? That 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 one seems to me like a, uh, a misrepresentation of like, so you can't see it on radar. 
Which just seems like a technology thing, right? That doesn't seem like actually amazing. I mean, turning something invisible seems possible. I, I feel like in my lifetime, an invisibility suit could exist, right? It's just basically a bunch of outward-facing screens that also have a camera that takes input so it just reflects what's directly behind the person. I mean, that seems possible. With my limited knowledge of science, I'm declaring that possible. Well, there you go, everybody. Uh, that's <laughs> time travel for you. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so tickled by time travel, but I am. So you're just going to have to live with it. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Subscribe to my newsletter. Newsletters. There's two. But uh, do that. Buy some books. Subscribe to Patreon. You get an extra one of these every month. Uh, and you get to listen to all the old ones, too. So it's kind of like your own time travel. Look at that. Full circle.